2: Everyone, sending you love, light, and magical vibrations from the Mystics Oracle and Divination Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in with me, Cooch Daniels. I'm your host, and our focus is on divination and finding metaphysical resources to stir up a tasty soul brew of esoteria and mindful awareness, especially for you. I've co-written more than several books with my partner, Victor. Some of their titles are Tarot de Amor, Matrix Meditation, Awakening the Chakras, and Sacred Mysteries of the Chakra Oracle. But right now, the most important thing is our card for the day, and I've pulled it, and it's the High Priest. And to let you know what his... Um, beneficial affirmation for us all today, and it's especially good one because Valentine's is tomorrow. Happy Love Day to all. A beneficial affirmation that you might want to repeat once in a while is, I am making a commitment to love myself on an emotional, mental, and spiritual level. All is good in my world. So what's also extremely important is that I've got this incredible high priest raw and alive on another line and we're going to be picking his brain to find out about um, Thoreau he is from Washington D.C. and I'm looking forward to meeting him and I hope you do too okay hi Thomas this is Thomas Codwell hi Thomas hello
3: Cooch it's been a long time since we were on the air together how have you been
2: I'm, I'm good I'm I'm enjoying the warm weather in California right now. Yeah, we're having a very frigid uh, spring-like w- winter.
3: I see. It's very frigid here in uh, uh, outside the. I'm in the. I'm I'm in actually just on the border of Washington D.C. These days, um, I'm outside the nation's capital, where it's quite cold and windy uh, today. It's actually, well, but <laughs> again, it's always cold in this place in many respects. <laughs>
2: Well, I hope you bring a lot of warmth to the area with your light and your wisdom. I understand you do a lot of tarot readings around the capital. Can you well, tell us a little yeah, about your um, work?
3: Oh, well, it's been a while. Well, you know, I think the last time we spoke was before I went to China. As you know, back in um in uh, late 2016, I spent a month in Beijing, uh, you know, doing readings, but also doing training. I did a lot of training there for Entrepreneurs, business people, and even a few people that worked in the government, which was quite fascinating. Okay, was it
2: tarot training or?
3: It was tarot training. Yes, it was tarot training. It was a um, it was a wonderful experience. They had heard about me, and uh, because I've been working on, uh, I, you know, my, you know the way I do things is I apply things to the real world. And uh, the Chinese were always looking for something to give them the edge, and you know I have the system called the Tarot Edge, which is a, a training system. Oh my gosh! They
2: found your Tarot Edge.
3: Yeah. Well, Tarot Edge is and actually went, a great You're the man for us. Now. Get over here. Um, yeah, pretty. It was a pretty nice trip. It was uh, all expenses paid, you know, first class and all the rest of it. And um, I did uh, uh, several seminars there uh, in a hotel, and I um, and I had people coming. And in fact, uh, there was one uh, one of the wives of a of a vice minister actually um, was in the class, and her husband threw a party for me, which was kind of fun. Um. But um, there's a funny story there. I'll share with you later, maybe. But it was a it was a good chance for me to really try out in the field uh, the system I've developed, which is to apply tarot to real world problems, with, and also some things very sophisticated, like economic issues, business issues, uh, not just life, or you know whether or not you're going to have a good future or whatever. It's how to make a good future. And they had heard about this through some mutual. Um, Connections. I use. You know, I lived in the Far East for 28 years. I mean, that's where I really did my thing for many years, and before I moved back to the United States in 2009. But um, it was quite an adventure, and it's where I really did um, flush out the system I'd worked on for so many years, and it was uh, it was really rewarding. And I've been using it ever since. I've applied it in some real-world business situations. Can you Um, tell
2: us a little more about that?
3: A little bit, yeah. The thing is, as you know, the tarot is a cycle. Um, a lot of people don't know this, you see one of the things that we've, we've been falling down on, I think in some years um, is that uh, tarot is, a, is something that people have to push a little bit, any any science, and it is a science has to be experimented with, pushed a bit further, uh, tarot is a in my view, the most powerful divination or, or analytical tool that's ever been devised and the more I've studied it over the last several decades, the more I, I, I the more you learn that um, I call it, I came up with the tarot edge system because, uh, as you know, throughout history, soothsayers are people who were uh, able to look into the future. I don't like to use the word fortune teller, as you know. I but uh, people who were able to use divination systems were always sought after by kings, by by political leaders uh, and merchants and that sort of thing. And living in the um, in near the nation's capital, I've had a chance to do a lot of readings for such people over the years. And
2: um, ooh, tell I, us more about that.
3: <laughs> no, I won't say who I've done. Re- I've done readings as if you go to my website. And I'll give. Can I plug my website here?
2: Yes, of course.
3: Yeah. Okay. You go to Tarot by Thomas. Very easy to remember. Tarot by Thomas dot com. And there's a lot of information of the sort of people I've done. But I did business leaders and political leaders when I was living in the Far East in uh, Japan and Hong Kong. I did a lot of that. And I just simply started doing it when I was back over here. um But. uh people within maybe yeah, yeah, probably about twenty thirty miles of where I'm sitting is just about every every major corporation and every government on earth has someone there, so there's an awful lot of interesting interactions that are always going here and um i've done i've done meeting i've done readings for people privately um, in their offices and that's you know me I always wear a suit when I go out and do this sort of thing and I've also done partings parties and um Receptions and things such as that. I don't do as many show, uh, many events as I used to. I've just gotten too busy with private stuff. But um, some of the readings I've done have been quite intriguing. Um, I can't go into the nature of. A, as you know, there is a, a, a silence that we have to keep in the business. But um, I met some it's people. Et- it's et- it's ethical. Yeah. So you have to keep it very, very. You you. It, it, you have to keep your mouth shut in this business, as you know, because we get people confide in us on some amazing things. I will give you I an example a of a. Yep. Yeah.
2: Can well. I? I would imagine that the reason you can do political and economic readings for people is because you have a wealth of information in relation to such topics. But for tarot readers or palm readers or any other kind of divination, it reflects the person who's doing the reading. It reflects their perspective and the resources that they have within them. So, if they are not politically minded or economically business-minded, then they're not going to be able to do such readings.
3: Exactly. You have to be able to know. In my view, if you're going to do readings for people on real-world events, you have to be very much up on everything. And you know me; I'm up on everything. I can, if you can, if you're going to be if having a CEO of a major company, and I've done such readings, going to bring you into his office. He's going to take maybe one or two hours out of his schedule which is an astronomical amount of time for a senior business executive, you better be able to talk to him in his own language. Um, That's an important thing to be able to do high-level tarot readings, or if you're going to talk to some political strategist or do a reading on that so you can kind of investigate an issue that's going on. You better know what you're talking about. So I'm always reading. I probably go to two or three books a week on uh, various things. At least two or three books a week I finish off. I have a pretty, and that's what I do a pretty heavy uh, reading schedule. And also I follow the news very closely. I'm, I have a very big background in this stuff. So if, if anything, you're going to do a reading on something, you got to be able to interpret things, and you got to be able to interpret things in the language that your client understands. Well,
2: the symbols on cards are universal symbols that speak a language that most people can relate to because they're archetypal, or symbols that most people can have some association with like mothers fathers kings um Mm
3: -hmm. everything's a cycle in
2: relation to comparing my readings i can talk to high level people but i tune in on an emotional level and there's a universal language with emotions so i don't necessarily need to know high level economics but I can still have a really good dialogue because of the emotional content, because we all have emotions.
3: Of course, and emotions are a very big, important part of things. It's just a matter of when the cards show up, you have to be able to have a a, a dialogue with the individual as to what it could mean. It's just that my thing is that I, I tend to understand a little bit more about the language. It's like anything else. I mean, if you go to a tarot reader um, about a problem with your child, and the tarot reader hasn't, um, had children, for example, doesn't mean they can't give you a good reading. Don't get me wrong; it's just their perspective is going to be a little bit different, and um, that's an important consideration when you choose a reader for a specific thing.
2: Since you live right near Washington D.C., you have access to a lot, a lot more of the information of the lifestyle and what people are focusing on there. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in California, the other side of the country, and I get a lot of news, but my sense is you'd have like a first hand experience, which would be
3: Yeah, more you do. Valuable um, the, thing, the thing is, I don't do as much political stuff as I do business stuff, and right outside of Washington, D.C. is something called the Dulles Toll Road Corridor, which is the fourth largest business district in the United States. There's actually more business that goes on there than in Silicon Valley in terms of what's it dollars. called? Uh, the Dulles Toll Road Corridor, after New York, Chicago, and I believe Los Angeles area, it's the uh, wealthiest uh, business district in the United States. It's the it's the highway that goes from the capital up to the Dulles Airport area. You find just about every you find more high-tech companies there than you probably will in most places in the world. It's a massive, uh, business, a massive business environment. So you run across an awful lot of startup companies here, an awful lot of computer companies, data companies, investment companies, you name it, it's here. So, um, And most people don't think of the, the nation's capital as being a business district. It's not. Washington, D.C. itself is, a, is not a real business area, but outside in the Virginia side or some parts up in Maryland, there's a massive amount of, uh, of, of business that's done from all over the world.
2: So are you promoting your tarot edge in these communities?
3: I do. it. The thing about the tarot edge is I've I've been taking some time off, as you know, and I've been working on a book about it. But what I've developed instead and what I've been working on is because books are kind of, oh, you read the book and, okay, you get it. But as you know... When, when you study tarot, people don't just grab a book. They like...
4: Patty Conklin grew up in Brooktondale, New York with a unique ability. Unlike others, she could see how the vibration of words and emotions affected the physical body. She discovered how to release stored emotion and facilitate healing. This began today's Conklin method of cellular cleansing. The private practice grew with tremendous results, as did her reputation. More and more people sought her out, bringing her into the home for healing. She soon realized she could even teach this to others, and they could shift perception and thus prevent illness from occurring. Patty Conklin quickly became a frequent keynote speaker, and she developed a curriculum for teaching the Conklin Method of Cellular Cleansing. For more information, visit pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N, pattyconklin.com, or call, 404-474-0086. That's 404 86
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines, Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME.
4: I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder-president of a new cancer foundation at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com.
2: everybody. You're back with Mystics, Oracles, and Divination Radio Show with Cooch Daniels, and our positive affirmation for today is, I am making a commitment to love myself on emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. So we are so lucky because we have Thomas Codwell as our guest, and we're learning a system that he's created in relation to working with the Tarot that, that is very powerful, Called the Tro Edge. Hi, Thomas.
3: Hi, Cooch. Good to be back. Yeah. Um,
2: okay, so we were just getting into a discussion about a little more about what you're doing with it.
3: Okay, well, here's the thing. I was originally working on a book, and I still have a book in the works on it. But the thing about books is they tend to be very one-sided. You know, you just read it and you try to apply it, but. So I've been working on more of a of a training, a one-on-one training system because I've done that. Um, I had some people who I've met who uh, who I did readings for, and they said, "Well, I'd really like to be able to learn how to do this." So, um, and because is that they're very focused, pharaoh, you mean? At tarot, at teaching them a lot of them understand tarot, which is why they call me in the first place, but how to apply it. Um, now here's the thing. This is the basic fundamental principle. Um, I, this came out, and the first time I ever taught this was in China when I showed the major arcana as an actual business model. Um, actually, that's you can pretty, use the major... pretty. Yep.
2: outrageous, by the way. It's,
3: it sounds outrageous. Is. I know. <laughs>
2: yes, it does. It really. As a business model, is just you know.
3: It's, you, can use the t- the you can use the. Taking the where
2: others fear to tread.
3: Yeah, but you can also use that as a model to build an empire to rule a, a section of planet Earth because the tarot itself, the Major Arcana, is a cycle. It's a beginning and an end, okay? And any, any project you worked on is going to have a beginning and an end, whether you're designing an airplane, a spaceship, or coming up with a new uh, range of, of food for a restaurant. And you can use the Major Arcana for that if you understand how to um, interpret each and every card in a given situation, but if you just, if anyone just is into tarot, reading this, use the major arcana, just put the major arcana, for starting at the Fool, ending in the uh, the world of the universe, and then try applying it to different uh, sections of a cycle. You see, the original tarot deck, the, uh, the weight deck, the universal weight, which is one of the decks I like to use, is actually a garden. If you notice there's always a river in all the pictures or almost all the pictures. So you're basically seeing a large garden uh, starting with the fool and going on the magician, the high priestess and then you keep going through everything all the way you come to the end. Okay? And in business that could be the the fool is what all potential, right? So you're coming up with an idea for something and the world or the universe depending on the deck you're using would be the 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 exit strategy the completion the and you can apply that whole thing to an entire project of any kind because everything when you get down to it is a project even your very life
2: all right and mm-hmm. then you work with all 22 major arcana cards in your mm-hmm. business model As a business model, you can
3: come up. It could be a business model. It could be a project model. It could be a plan for coming up with a training course. Uh, It was a fascinating discovery and one I've been working on and refining for all sorts of different applications. I even had a client um, I did some work with over. It was over video in uh, down in Australia, and uh, that was a lot of fun because he he was working on a very interesting project and said, "I'd like to see what we can do a reading based on each and every one of these." you know, cards, and I do, and I do, I go through all the cards and how it applies to a specific position, and also then you do. There's a lot more to it than that, and I'm not going to expose all of it right now. But it, the reason I decided to work on people one-on-one or even um, small classes is because it's um, it's a very focused thing that needs to be adapted for each and every individual. Someone who's a scientist involved in biotechnology, and somebody who's um who's a Say a musician are going to be applying things differently, so you can't really just do that in a book and cover everything.
2: Can I just have a little fun with you and see sure. if you can give me a real-life example using myself? So I have just got a new book out called uh, The Mystic Spirit Throw Playbook,
5: an excellent so book if by I the way. You. Excellent.
2: What?
3: Well, it's an excellent book. I have to say something now here and for the record, oh. um, Cooch Daniel could no more. Write oh, a bad no, no, book no. on tarot, then um, then uh, Rumi could write a bad line of prose. I mean, your books You're are so excellent. funny.
2: But that, my yeah. question is, can you take your tarot edge as uh, and use it to help me figure out? Like, I don't know. My next step with my book, and I'm very vague because. It just came out. So, how would you how would you apply? You your... can do it
3: in several ways. You can do it in several ways. You could you could take that book and how to come up with a way to um, be, that book is, is basically a, a, well, I won't go into your book so much because you'll you'll go into that some other time. No, just in general. Th- th- well, in general, what I would do because you've written quite a few excellent books on tarot. Um, and they're part of a cycle, and your cycle is that of a teacher. You're an excellent teacher. I've been, I've learned a lot from you over the years. I've known you. And, oh, um, no, no, no. Um, I've
2: learned a lot from you.
3: And we've learned a lot from each other. But you've, you're, you're, you've been doing this a long, long, long time, and um, you, you're really good at it. But the thing is that I would do is I would sit down, and I'll be happy to do this with you later, is to go through um, each and every card, and then what you do is you apply it to something new you're going to do. Let's say your next book, or perhaps um, a training program, or even uh, a plan to come up with something new, or how do you discover Well, then
2: could we look new. at it in relation to your training program?
3: Yes. And it would work with and anything. And that's
2: not giving divulging too many secrets? That, that would be something
3: you could can... do? Well, I, I don't want to do all of it, but I could, you know, we basically you start with the fool. What is the fool? The fool is the is all potential. The fool is the entire tarot deck in one card. So you look at all the potentials. So basically you'd sit there and you'd work out all the potentials. Okay? And you'd spend time on that. And that that, that requires a lot of time. It's not something you do in a few minutes, it's something you take sometimes an hour or two. Um, and you so can So this is not a reading,
2: it. it's more like uh...
3: Oh, there's readings tied into it, but I'd rather not go into that aspect right now. But the fact is that you would you'd focus on one card uh, of the major arcana, and then you would start um, doing readings based on that of a specific kind I've developed. So I'm waiting to you know I'll come. This will be in the book when it comes out. But uh, that's oh, how really we do it. Looking we
2: forward to your book.
3: Yep. It'll be a fun one. But in the meantime, as you know, I have used this in real world with some jobs I had. I spent some time in corporate America over the last couple of years, just conventional work. And I do believe you have to do that. You have to be in the real world to be able to do real world tarot readings. And it worked quite well. I used it for planning various uh, projects and things such as that. It worked like a charm. It's a way of focusing things. You hear the word focus a lot in our circles, don't we? We hear that a lot. You've got to focus on this. You've got to focus on that. And tarot, if it's able to do anything, is to help you focus on a specific aspect of something.
2: I like the word illumination. It illuminates our path.
3: Illuminates?
2: No, illuminate.
3: Illuminates, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Illuminates. Yes, it illuminates. I like the word illumination, too. <clears throat> Especially, it applies to this. It, it, it reveals. It reveals which. Which. Um, it, it reveals things that are not readily seen. Which is well. Important.
2: I'll I'll put some uh, focus on your readings. I've had a number of your readings, and they're all so right on and so good. And I love your work. You're a great <laughs> tarot you. person.
3: Thank you. But tarot is the is the universe in your hands. And this is something that, let me tell you the other thing, too, if I can go into it. Part of what I, my mission is, is to make tarot uh, a much more mainstream thing. Now, um, I think I love to tell this story is I, I've been to the Pentagon, you know, the uh, Pentagon has its own metro station, you know, and if you're going to be taking the train into Washington, D.C., you're going to go through Pentagon, and it's a pretty busy place in the morning. And um, the thing that's interesting is that if you go in there in the morning, you'll see All sorts of people marching in uh, with um, yoga mats swung over their backs. Yoga is a big thing in the military, okay, for for all sorts of things, and they have a pretty you know stressful job. That's a very massive area. See, in the morning, you'll see thousands of people often walking into the Pentagon with uh, yoga mats. Now. You go back about fifty years to the nineteen late sixties, early seventies, and if you walked up to someone at say a little reception in a mainstream American situation and said you were into yoga, someone's going to take two or three steps back and think you're a weirdo. You're Nowadays, you don't, yeah, or, or or something, you're a communist, you're a freak, or whatever. Oh, you're into yoga? That's a weird hippie stuff. We don't want any of that. Now we have the people at the Pentagon, thousands of them. Who carry yoga mats into work every day, and then during their break they go take a yoga class somewhere, okay? Inside the Pentagon, that's how things can change in this country. And I think that tarot is going to go the same way if we, uh, if we really just apply it to real world things. And I know it's been applied to many um, things. I know people in the military use the tarot quite a bit. I know a few tarot readers that work in the Pentagon. Okay, I don't think they so. Use do you it think it's their...
2: becoming more mainstream, or are people using <clears throat> it in an esoteric sense?
3: Uh, Both. I mean, esotericism is um, is something that's been making a big comeback because people have been looking for a spiritual side of things. But as a practical analytical tool, the reason the Chinese had me over there was not because they were looking to you know get into enlightenment. They were looking as as a tool to make things better for themselves. So it's a practic. It can be used for both. It's a practical thing. And um, if you make the world a better place, you can use tarot to design a. A system to uh, eliminate or reduce, uh, you know, childhood uh, diseases. You can apply it to anything, really. And this is something that those of us who've really immersed ourselves in it know, we can use this for anything, and you can do anything with it. And that's one of my personal missions, is to bring it more mainstream.
2: Well, I'm really happy that I'm interviewing you because it brings a little more focus to the potential of the Tarot, most people are more opinionated. But I'm going to get back to this conversation shortly. We're going to take a short break. Thank you, Thomas. Be back in a moment.
1: For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exoneradiotv.com or www.exontvchannel.com, or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next, we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
4: Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week.
5: More than entertainment, Healing Within offers
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474 That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086.
3: Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is A Different Perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical.
2: Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Mystic Oracles and Divination Radio Show with Cooch Daniels. I'll give you my website just in case you're interested in meeting me on more levels than the show. It's Mm www.cybermystic.com. So I'm your host, and my focus right now is on Tarot with Thomas Codwell, and he's bringing some very interesting Information to our uh, coffee table, so to speak, and he's an incredible mystical and practical resource. So, uh, hi Thomas, we're back.
3: Yay. well, good to be back. Um, I just wanted to mention, uh, by the way, my website, if I can put that in there, is triple w tarot by thomas one word tarot by thomas dot com, and an email address which um, is. Uh, Easier to get me at is read for me R E A D number four M E at Thomas dot com. That's a little
2: well. As that's long a good as way we're doing, with me. as long as we're doing plugs or giving information, I want to just say if people can connect with Thomas and if you can get a reading with him, you will be very very happy. um I mean, not that I can offer guarantees, but I believe that you're one of the best readers, Thomas. That you're, um, you're really amazing Thank and you. very tuned in intuitively as well as um, analytically because you're looking at the practical aspects or the logical aspects of the TRO. So you've got your left brain and your right brain going into your tarot readings, and the result is very dynamic.
3: Well that's true and the thing I want to point out though I didn't want to give the wrong impression that some tarot is something mechanical it's a way of bringing something very sacred into the daily life of people I do a reading for myself every morning and I know people that do the same thing as well tarot meditations um it's like yoga you can go you can go you can go do yoga at a gym surrounded by a whole bunch of sweaty people lifting weights okay theoretically you could do that but you don't choose to do that you want to be in a room with maybe a little bit of incense some candles maybe some very soft music or something. Uh, it's important to take something uh, sacred and bringing it into the uh, into everyday life. I mean, you can, you know, I always told, I gave a lecture once on how to make your desk, at, you know, your altar as a way of, of making things manifest in the world. you got to have a, I think that we need to put more sacred um, things into our daily lives like the ancients did. The ancients, you know, considered everything, they had temples in the middle of town you'd go to, and you see this in some parts of the Far East. If you get stressed out at the office, you walk down the street and you go into a Buddhist temple or a Shinto shrine or something in Japan, and you just meditate. Um, I think we need to have more of that in our country. We can't just be so antiseptic that we uh, we take the sacred out of everyday life.
2: Do you feel that the word sacred and spirituality are one and the same, or...? Are you looking at those
3: mm, they're they're closely related they're closely related spirit everybody's spiritual whether they like to admit it or not but when you're when you're dealing with the sacred you're dealing with something that is uh, intentional
2: is that as in magical
3: magic is the art and science of causing change to occur in conformity with will it's not necessarily the same thing I mean technically ordering food at a restaurant's an act of magic by that definition
2: oh I like that.
3: Which seems- <laughs> It's true. I mean you do. You just you read a magical? No, really. That's that's magic by the definition. It's not Harry Potter stuff, boys and girls. You go to his, this, this 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 temple, which is known as a restaurant, and they give you this sacred book known as a menu. And what you do is you look through and you call out to the universe, "I want spaghetti and meatballs." And then magically, it appears at your table brought out by this priest, I guess you'd call him or something like that. See what I mean? That that's exactly what it is. You're calling something out, and it's manifesting. There was a mechanical process to that. There's a bunch of under under overworked and underpaid people in the uh, under uh, underpaid people in the kitchen, um, you know, churning it out. There is a process that you cannot deny. But it, you know, you tech, that's example that's an example of magic as it was understood.
2: I will never go into another restaurant in the same <laughs> way as I have done in the past. <laughs> From now on, I'm going to be calling on but the That's that's what it is. I mean, as I walk through the door,
3: yeah. That's that's exactly what magic is, is just you're calling something out and it's appearing. I mean, how it gets there is not as important as the fact it's there. I mean, you can't deny that. But I do think that we need more sacred. Uh, we need more of a sacred in the daily things of life. We need more ritual in the daily things in life. I think that uh, when we, it's like me, I always love to, you know, one little story I wanted to uh, give you, uh, which really, you know the way I am. When I'm out, I like to dress very well. I like to wear nice suits. Um, I'm very spit and polished when I'm out in public. Um, especially when I give readings to people that are at high end. And when I was in Beijing, um you know, back in two thousand for that one month uh training session, um I had finished uh one of the days of the seminar. I went up to my room and they said, Well, why don't we come downstairs? We'll we'll have we'll we'll buy you dinner they said. It was kind of a joke okay. So I threw on some blue jeans and a polo shirt and I went downstairs and <laughs> It was a surprise party, and it was attended by all these very, very well-dressed people. <laughs> and I was mortified. But they didn't mind at all. They thought that all Americans, that's what we wear all the time, are polo shirts and blue jeans. and um, It was kind of funny, and it was a great feast. It was a nice um, thing, and I got to talk about uh, all sorts of things with the people there. But It was a little surprise they did because they were very happy of the work I'd done for them. But I was mortified that I wasn't dressed properly. that That really got to me. But, uh, well, I you put were going up into it.
2: the sacred space without preparing the proper initiation to honor Well, that. I didn't
3: know about it, but they, did, they surprised me. But later, they didn't, they didn't find a problem. They thought all Americans dressed that way, which I didn't think was a, that's not a good um, reputation. We, should, we should, if Well, we you do have, have, have dress that reputation. Properly. Yeah, I know. It's, it's something we should fight. We should dress better. I mean, we should but, really dress you know,
2: if you think about these do. jeans with the holes in the knees and the rips up the sides, and, oh. you know, like they're $600 jeans because they have, you know, the holes in the right places. I mean, people are still very casual looking, and who would know that you'd have to pay $600 to have holes in your jeans?
3: yeah I, I, I do it for my, I do it for much less than that i can i can I can rip holes in jeans for much less than that i assure you but uh <laughs> the um the the, the problem the thing is you have to do and this is something I tell people magic is a is a is a lifestyle and it's a way of living and and this is something that Americans used to have a reputation for many decades ago. We used to dress all the time properly we used to dress very nicely i mean you went out on Sunday you wore your best clothing and that's a and that, a hat. that, that that and a hat oh yes I, I wear hats you've seen it. if you go to my website I'm wearing one of my many fedoras um, I still wear hats um, but you have to dress nicely because then you're, you're you're putting a higher value on yourself and if you go to some poor countries around the world in, and i I've been all over the world as you know the one thing that people in poor countries know is that to be taken seriously you want to look as good as you possibly can you can always dress down anyone can wear blue jeans and a t-shirt but can you dress up? That's the thing. So I think that part of the, um, the thing that we want to put some magic into your life is dress as nicely as possible, and people are going to treat you much, much better than otherwise.
2: Oh, well, there's that saying, dress for success.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Very important. Because if you're going to have a spiritual life, you've got to be able to have your material stuff taken care of. I mean, even the Buddha, Siddhartha, he came from a background where he had a lot of money. So he was able to take care of that, and uh, then go off and reach enlightenment. You have to be able to, uh, you know, take care of your day-to-day things if you're going to get anywhere, and um, that's an important consideration. So
2: it's a consideration, but I think with people who divine, there's a mystique and a mystery, and you don't really have to have the norm in your clothes in your closet because you can kind of go into really strange. Exotic places, and maybe even have more value because you're looking as though you're coming out of the ether instead of coming out of uh, a drugstore, so to speak.
3: Precisely, or or a, or, a, or a supermarket or something. Nobody, if a, a, a tarot reader wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt is not going to be taken as seriously as someone who's wearing a, a tuxedo, which is um, what I like to wear when I go to very special events. Or yourself. Well, I mean, you you have an amazing you're wardrobe. Special. You have an amazing yeah, but you have an amazing wardrobe too. I've seen you at some of these events that you and I have attended. These conferences, and you dress amazingly. Uh, you have an amazing wardrobe.
2: Well, I don't know about that, but I uh-huh. went into a very expensive. I actually I was working and really ex- I It was very expensive. Line of clothing, and oh my God, I saw this gypsy line of clothing, and I, you know my <laughs> eyes just kind of got really big, and I went up, and I thought, Oh my God, I've got clothes like this in my closet, and then I started looking at the price tags on their gypsy line of clothing, and I was just totally taken back. I went, Oh my God, <laughs> I have no, I had no idea what value people put on gypsy clothing, because I mean, I, I just kind of, like you know, it's all piecemealed from travels and trades and things that I can make sure that I can look the part when I go to work. And, oh, my gosh, and here, you know, a professional line of gypsy clothing, the dresses were like $8,000. I mm-hmm. was like, no, I can't believe it. So, Well, let me ask you this.
3: How would you think you would feel if you were wearing an $8,000 dress?
2: Oh, no, I couldn't. Oh no, no. I'd have to take it off. You'd you'd,
3: you'd feel pretty good though, wouldn't you?
2: Do you, you think, think I would?
3: Wow. Everyone would. Well I'm a saying you I'm a you'd wear it to go, you know, gardening or something, but there there is a certain um but when you're I'd be dressed thinking really, about all the homeless really people
2: well. on the streets that I walk over on my way to these like five star restaurants to get to my jobs and I'd be like I gotta take this off
3: Well... Yeah, it, 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 you have a different city you live in there, but I'm so, just saying is that if I'm going to be going in and talking to someone who's a, a pretty accomplished individual who's in an office that you know with, with with more with a desk that costs more than my car does or something like that, um, you're going to have to play the role. It's an old Rosicrucian tradition, really, is to dress appropriately in the nation you're in. And that's an, old, um, that's an old way of doing things. You always have to dress appropriately for the people you're going to be working for as a reader. And that's an important okay, thing.
2: Okay, Thomas, I love this conversation, but we, we're taking a little commercial break right now. So we'll be right back with Thomas Codwell. Hi, everybody. This is the Mystics Oracle and Divination Radio Show. Your host, that's me, is Cooch Daniels. If you'd like to connect, if you go out to Facebook, you could look up Cooch Daniels. I've just put up my Valentine Love Oracle, so you could look up your sign to see what your fortune is for tomorrow on Valentine's Day. But um, tonight we are talking with... uh, Very high energy tarot expert named Thomas Caldwell, who lives in Washington or next to Washington, D.C. And uh, we're back, Thomas.
3: Okay. Well, let me um, just, um, first off, it's been wonderful talking to you. It's good to be back on the air with you after. And uh, so here's the thing is I don't just read for, you know, people that are high. I read for everybody. Okay. I've, I've read for housewives and most of the people I read for are just, um, you know, typical folks. And um, it's uh, the best place to get me is at my website, which is tarotbythomas.com. Just one word, tarotbythomas.com. You'll see me up there with one of my hats and and um i'm able to do readings over the phone which is where most of them are done um although sometimes people occasionally will you know want want to meet me in person which can be done but that's usually quite complicated unless uh you're in the immediate area um although i have been known to be you know asked to come some distance to do readings but most of my readings i do over the phone right now or i can do video as well if needed um the um the, also you can reach me at the email address read for me R E A D number four M E at tarotbythomas.com dot com. And um you can um and readings are generally an hour, maybe up to two hours, uh never more than that. And um they're pretty extensive. But you I've would do more than, you.
2: If, you, if a person had an ongoing situation, you'd do more than one reading for them over time. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. Maybe. I've Actually, I've the, most, the most important, I can give you a quick story about one of the most interesting readings I ever did. Great. It was back in Japan probably about 15, 16 years ago, and it was for a businessman, uh, a very wealthy businessman who was uh, a big fellow in a, uh, in, a, in a city outside of Tokyo. And he'd heard about me, and he was getting uh, soothsayers to come in and read for him for a major real estate deal worth $750 million. And um, he had had several people, and he, I had been contacted, and I said, okay, I came out. And I did a reading for him that lasted about well, several hours. And we looked at every single different aspect of, his, uh, of the project. This was 750 million, three quarters of a billion dollar real estate deal, and we went through everything. And you know what? I told him, I says, you know, sorry, I can't lie. The car, this is a bad deal. And all of his aides were watching this, just you know, gasped. Oh my God, he said, it's a bad deal. No, it's not. I, mean. I said, sorry, this is what the cards say. It's a bad deal. And he said, okay. And he was just listening, and you know, he paid my fee, and I, uh, I went on my merry way. And um, he had had hired several other people as well, uh, not just you know different readers of different different systems. And, and I got a call a couple of weeks later, and it was quite nice. And I was asked to come see him. I said okay, so I went in, and he thanked me because it was a, it was a bad deal. And he said I was one of the only readers who, uh, who who stood and said it was a very bad deal based on what I came up with. And I said I saved him a, a quite a bit of um, money and trouble uh, for what happened. He gave me a nice tip. It wasn't that much, but it was it was nice. Um, this is where you got to really, when you do reading, you have to go with what the cards say. Don't if you're ever into tarot, don't ever question the cards. <laughs> it's a big mistake to do that. Go with what the cards say and go with what your interpretation is of them, and uh, you'll be fine. But that was the biggest uh, business reading I ever did. I don't think I'll ever do anything that large again, but it was, it was kind of interesting. Well,
2: you trumped me. My biggest one. My biggest short story is the Napa Valley wine auction. That In Napa Valley, they have a wine auction every year. And <laughs> I got to hold the man's hand who was auctioning a million dollars for a bottle of wine mm. and asking me if this was like a good deal, so to speak, and if the cards were going to be like right. And I'm like, because I do, when I'm reading cards, if I'm standing in a crowd, I like to hold a person's hand so that I can ground myself to the, moment and to the person in front of me so i'm like like oh my god this is a million dollars for a bottle of wine i'm like making five cents an hour pretty much here oh my gosh but that was my i think you you charge
3: more than that but yeah uh, (laughs) i
2: know but (laughs) But a million dollars
3: for a bottle of wine do people drink that i know i love it
2: wine yes that's they will drink it as your 700 and 50 well, I didn't dollars. get you know,
3: but that was a real estate deal. This is a bottle of wine. That bottle of wine is actually something that I think is worth more if you think about it. A good bottle, of, but good bottle of California wine is uh, you know the next. Well, of it the was God. for a
2: hospital, you know,
3: a oh, fundraiser a for story. a hospital.
2: Yeah. But still, it's like, oh my God, the the world has so much money floating around. It's it's hard to believe how much money is floating around. Yeah. And,
3: and I yeah. charge the same rate for everybody too. I don't, um, I don't change that. I just change the same rate for everybody. I, I think it, what we do is really help people look at things. Okay, that's what a good reader does. Is like, this is the old saying is you're never going to get out of a problem using the same thinking process that you get into it. So a reader will by using cards, those seventy eight different cards that um, that are that represent any situation, at any given time with anybody. Um, is ideal for just looking into finding a way out of a problem or getting into a better situation and there's nothing that we've ever come up with in in Western civilization I think better than the tarot for doing that and um i, I i'm I'm hoping that uh, if if things keep, keep picking up and people keep just start looking into this and don't think it's anything you know super crazy or super you know occultish or whatever. I like to say I'm a student of the Western mystery traditions mostly because it, it's that's what I am i I study everything from the history of, from history to philosophy to mathematics to mysticism and all that. It's all tied together. But uh, what we do is actually help people find their way, as you say, illuminate, and um, that's a, a wonderful thing to be a part of.
2: And it, it taps us into the collective unconscious mind,
3: mm-hmm. where we're all which connected. does exist, folks. It does exist. Oh, Everybody's it all It truly connected. does.
2: And we're so connected through our through our universal souls that we all share that spark of life, that spark of divinity. And mm-hmm. it's connecting us. It's like it's as if we're all different links on a chain of life. And to be able to help someone is it's such a blessing if we can use our cards in a healing sense. Or to, I mean, I love your idea of this throw edge where you tuning into organizing a person's situation in a way that, you know, you can use each card to like walk them through their process and help them find solution. It's it's phenomenal.
3: Mm-hmm. One thing I will also say is I am planning on taking on students in this, uh, very soon. Um, this is something I'm, I'm going to be doing by the middle of the year, by June, probably I'll be taking on students. Um, and, uh, teach this system, which I've been refining for some years now. And um, as you know, the thing about tarot is there's no central tarot training school or anything. It's like a martial art. You have teachers and you have traditions. So people ask, you know, years from now, people say, well, you know, people ask me now, who have my teachers been? I can list off a bunch of people I've, I've worked with, I've learned from. And, you know, and that's, that's how martial art works. There's no such thing as only one martial art. There's hundreds of schools and thousands of types. Uh, There's a million and ways of... to
2: figure out how to, like, flip someone.
3: Yeah, yeah pretty much. Or I flip don't know a about card. A flip a card or ways to, ways to interpret the cards or whatever. This is what's nice about your new book. It's a way that people, you basically have given a, a tool that all of us use is where we start working on our own interpretations. Because that's the a tarot, the tarot, tarot
2: is, playbook. Yeah. People, that's that that's the title. In case anybody wants to tune into that one,
3: get it. It's a good one, folks. Believe me, uh, it's like having it's like having a coach as your own teacher, and um, it's a good one. But uh, anyways, the the thing that um, where I'm hoping to take this is to train people in this and um, find enough people. I'm excited I'm for, for you. Tw- I'm looking for 25 people who really want to learn this, and um, if they contact me, and of course. Uh, you know, I'd be charging uh, to train them, but uh, it wouldn't be as much as you might think. And um, I think with that, then they eventually, you know, add me to their lineage, just like other people. I've I've added, I've had um, in their lineage. It's it's um, it's a way to build the the knowledge and and move this thing along because it's we need more what I call sacred analytical tools in the world right now, not not fewer of them. We need we, you, The way things are going right now in the world, there's a lot of problems we've had, and we've had more than our, our, our fill lately, and I think the ways we're going to get out of this is start to introduce the sacred into the way we do things, the sacred into building a company, the sacred into building uh, things or making things happen, the sacred into education. And uh, that, can, that can be mean many things in many different religious traditions, but just the idea of addressing the sacred is what we need to spend more time on, I think. I think if that happens, everything falls into place a lot easier.
2: Well, I would love people to take action on that thought, because it's a really mm-hmm. powerful thought. Mm-hmm. And if people could take the sacred into um, problem-solving and when they're looking at choices of um, going to war or taking on um, a warring consciousness and go into the sacred zone instead, or, you know, to balance that, I, there might be more optimism and hope for for everyone. Mm-hmm. And we all need to step if... up to the plate right now to try to heal with all these rifts that are going on in the planet. It's...
3: Yes, but you know I know blur. that you are I know, but but sometimes it's necessary for those things to happen. I mean, things do. It's not all it's not all life and love and light. Sometimes there has to be a dark side that has to be dealt with. And yeah, but
2: love and light think. are what brings life into the world.
3: Yes, but you know, there's other way. There's other things that we have to deal. <laughs> so with So much as well. to talk
2: about with you, Thomas. But our time is up. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. The gift of life is a gift of spirit, and may you all have long, loving beautiful lives and a great spirit thank you for tuning in with cooch daniels on uh, mystics oracles and divination thank you thank you thank you blessings to all thank you thomas good luck
3: thank you cooch great being here take
2: good care